0: Hello and welcome back to The Sleep Mums This is a baby sleep podcast for parents by parents I'm Kat Cuby, mum blogger, broadcaster and semi-responsible parent of two And this is Sarah Carpenter, paediatric sleep consultant and mum I've actually got baby sick on my shoulder if you know That is a hazard of a job, surely (laughs) Together we are The Sleep Mums It's lovely to have you with us again. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us online at The Sleep Mums or on our website, thesleepmums.co.uk. This episode is all about milk and sleep because that's our jam, of course. When I was a new, very tired parent, I had no idea how much baby sleep and milk were linked. I mean, to be honest, if they could spoon each other, they probably would. It's a big deal. But here are five of the most important things you need to know about feeding and sleep for babies. Before we kick things off, I just want to say that Sarah and I have breastfed, bottle fed, combination fed. Basically, between us, we have fed our babies, as you would hope a parent would do. And we're here to give you help, guidance and support about baby sleep. We are absolutely not here to comment on how you feed your baby. It is about what is best for you.
1: You know, some babies will be breastfed for the first year and beyond and all sleep beautifully. Likewise, some babies will be bottle fed from day one and all sleep beautifully. And you'll still get your breast and bottles that don't sleep at all. That's
0: why we're here. We're here to support you through that. So firstly, let's Talk about the different ways of feeding baby and bust some myths about them.
1: The, the sort of common myths around breastfeeding, I guess, are that you have to cluster feed, that your milk won't come in immediately and will come in on a certain day, and that you need to feed on demand. They are the sort of three things that people always come to me saying are is this right am I doing it right are these the things that I should be doing
0: I would guess the short answer is no milk comes in when your body's ready and your baby gets it in mine didn't come in for over a week and feeding on demand is probably more of a choice than a necessity let's talk about cluster feeding though because that can be a really big part of a breastfeeding journey in the early days and bottle feeding too. So what is cluster feeding?
1: So first of all, it's recognising what cluster feeding is and why the baby's doing it. So um, often between, you know, you'll hear people saying that from 5pm until 10pm, all they've done is sit and feed their baby. Now, if you actually read your baby's cues and look at what your baby's really looking for, quite often during this period of the evening, they're actually overtired. So yes, they're sucking, but they're sucking for comfort. They're sucking to try and get themselves off to sleep because they're so overtired. They're not doing it for any nutritional value. So it's important that you can either pass baby on to somebody else to get them to settle them and if you can then really persevere through and set yourself some timers so that you're not just popping them back on the breast or bottle every 20 minutes if you're cluster feeding then you're exhausted you're not getting a break you feel completely touched out but also because the baby's latch isn't necessarily going to be a great latch because they're not feeding properly they are then getting excessive wind during this period of time so rather than actually offering your baby comfort you can then end up with a, an uncomfortable, overtired, windy, frustrated, grumpy yeah. baby and a very tired, that. frustrated, crying mummy <laughs> yeah.
0: or dad. You know, it's a, as you say, it's about reading the signs. And what's really, really difficult as a new parent is reading those signs because tired signs look really similar to hungry signs.
1: They absolutely do. Yep, yeah. it's very, very difficult. And a baby will naturally root or suck when they're tired um but it doesn't mean that they're hungry
0: so how do you know
1: <laughs> that's a million dollar question <laughs> there's a lot of um hungry and tired signs that relate back to cries appearance and the obviously, obviously the natural sucking pattern which will be different to a hungry suck
0: there's also a bit of a myth which uh, hopefully for parents who are bottle feeding their baby, is uh, a bit of a relief to bust that bottle fed babies sleep better.
1: I've had over the years so many clients come to me saying, but you know, I'm bottle feeding. I thought my baby would be sleeping 12 hours and they're up looking for food. They're definitely hungry. They're definitely taking the bottle. So the thing to remember, as with breastfeeding too, but you know, coming back to the fact that you're not just looking at your night, you really are looking at your twenty-four hour period and it's getting the timings of the feeds right during the day to then get the benefit of that overnight.
0: And also that babies wake up for different reasons, not just hunger.
1: Absolutely. That is one of the most common um, beliefs is that a baby will only wake up because they're hungry and no that's not right you know as we do we wake up for all sorts of different reasons it could be that you know we've the temperatures changed, the environment's changed within the room all these things are going to wake an adult up in the same way that they will wake a baby up as well.
0: But I think you know as a new parent you're very anxious about making sure your your baby's fed and it's natural that that's the first thing that you kind of go to particularly in those early days where you're worrying about what weight they're putting on Uh, you know if if you have been doing that or you are doing that you know that's okay like yeah you know feeding your baby is an emotional thing however you're doing it breast bottle combination um and it's it's hard
1: it's hard both ways you know people assume that a bottle fed baby is just going to latch onto the bottle and feed beautifully but not all bottle fed babies do that
0: you know however you feed your baby try to ignore the noise from others who think you should be doing it differently. Like well-meaning folk, quite often, it might be a family member, maybe a mother or mother-in-law, may have surprisingly firm ideas about boobs, or about your boobs or <laughs> bottles. And it can be really hard to sort of juggle both baby in your arms and all these opposing views. So mm-hmm. I would love to, I'd love to be there to give everyone a hug, but I'd also love to be there to tell any onlookers who are judging a parent for how they feed their baby and tell them not to. That, that's a polite way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Something you say a lot, Sarah, is give baby a full feed. So that's the second thing you need to know about milk and sleep. Make sure baby takes full feeds. I remember you saying it all the time with both of mine, <laughs> but... <laughs> to begin with I don't really know what you meant and for a new parent or even an experienced one it can be really hard to know what a full feed is. So Sarah what is a full feed?
1: So basically a full feed is really getting as much nutritional value in as possible and that is not going to happen in one sitting for bottle or brace but first of all when it comes to the brace you're looking to offer your first side so you alternate sides at every feed but you we call it your first side so for example if you were starting on the right side you're going to offer your baby the right side you're going to keep baby on until they naturally come off or until you see that they've stopped sucking now obviously you can't see what I'm pointing at right now but Are you're you looking your <laughs> no I'm playing with my <laughs> face so you're not looking at your boobs to see if your baby's feeding properly. You're looking at the baby's face. So you're looking for a lot of movement around the jaw, the earlobe, and just under below the earlobe. You're looking for that big, deep suck. Once you can see that big, deep suck, you're going to keep baby on that side until they either naturally stop that big, deep suck or come off by themselves. And this is busting another huge math. When that baby comes off, you are going to wind him and you're going to wind him properly. Yep. Once you've winded baby to a point where they're not wriggly and uncomfortable, you're going to pop them back on the same side and look for exactly the same things. And then you're going to do it a third time. And then three you're times. going to switch sides. So yep, you're going for three times on the first side and then you're switching over. When it comes to your second side, they might only latch on once They might not take any more than that from the second side. They might not take any at all. They may completely refuse the second side. But the other thing to be really conscious of is that although you've offered it three times from the first side, we're not putting a time scale on that. So we're not saying that we expect that baby to feed for 30 minutes off the first side or 10 minutes off the first side some babies can get a full feed in five minutes and for others it can take 45 minutes so you're really looking at the movement in the jaw and the alertness in the baby
0: try not to look at the clock which is easy to do absolutely I was going to say often baby pops off if you haven't got a deep enough latch so when you're saying they come off that's not at the very beginning that's when they've been having a proper suck for a a bit of time
1: Ah, so you'll get that lovely milk drunk appearance when they roll back and their head lolls down and you might see that dribble of milk down the side of their face. That's when you've got a nice, satisfied baby.
0: I have to say, I'm not sure I ever really fully got that with Indy.
1: No, I don't think you did actually with Indy. Your experience with Indy was a
0: tough gig. She had tongue tie and I had a bunch of issues feeding her but it's important I think to mention that when we're talking about milk drunk because it was something that folk had said to me and I was like I've never seen my baby do that and it made me feel like uh, again I was failing which I think is this sort of omnipresent feeling for parents everywhere that you Uh feel like you're not doing it correctly anyway back to the full feeds so that's the way you get full feed if you're breastfeeding bottle feeding Uh
1: So bottle feeding, you're not going to make a bottle up and expect them to have it in one sitting. Um, As with the breasts, they're going to come off. Now, as a rough guide, you'd be looking at taking your baby off the bottle every 30 mils, so one ounce or 30 mils, and giving them a really good wind. So although they might feel and look, Completely sound asleep in your arms, you need to be getting them either up to a certain position to wind them or up over your shoulder, giving them a really thorough wind, and then offering the next sort of 30 ish mils and keep doing that until they've finished their feed. Now, they might not finish the full bottle every time, we're not saying that they definitely will, but don't be lulled into a false sense of security after 30 mils.
0: We're going to come on to winding shortly because that is Mm -hmm. super important and always hilarious to talk about. Are there things that are important in terms of full feeds? Keeping your baby awake. We touched on that last week.
1: Yep. So again, you just want to be annoying them. So tickling the ribs, um, pressing your thumb into the palm of their hand, and doing little circular motions. Tickling the toes, pulling on the earlobe, and stripping your baby off. You know, a lot of the time, I'm encouraging people to feed their babies naked because the air being around them you don't want them to be cold
0: I had to do that with my son every feed at night because he was such a snoozy little thing and whilst that is lovely of course you want that to happen if I had allowed him to to do that and not have a full feed he'd have been up in 20 minutes and then none of us were kind of getting enough sleep so it is a hard thing because it feels like this lovely thing oh they're all cozy and they're all comfy and they've had some milk and of course they're falling asleep but actually you want you want them to take that full feed Uh to give them the best possible chance to have a proper sleep which will help them developmentally and all those things and also for you to get some kip because you really have to look after yourself as a parent two even though that goes against everything you feel because you want to put all your focus on this wee tiny thing in front of you looking after yourself as a parent is so important that brings us very neatly onto timings of feeds because that's the third thing that you need to know about sleep and milk feeds is timings so
1: you want to start your timings from your start of day point so if you've decided that you quite like to start your day around about seven o'clock in the morning then you're looking at timing your feeds from then until bedtime so every two and a half to four hours from seven in the morning
0: Depending um, again on your baby.
1: absolutely yeah you're not going to expect a two-week-old three-week-old baby to last the four hours between feeds um, and equally a six-month-old baby you would expect to last the four hours between feeds, so yeah, it does vary with age, but then overnight, as long as there's no medical or weight related issues, then they don't need to be fed as regularly. So, you are going to be getting them off to bed in the evening and then letting them wake up naturally. And um, but it is important that you're aware of any issues that would prevent that happening.
0: I mean, a lot of people are going to laugh and say, You know what, not, am I starting my day at seven? Don't be ridiculous, my baby's up at five or whatever and similarly you know only waking for feeds during the night sounds lovely but not necessarily what it feels like
1: but I think the the important thing at this stage is to distinguish between the night and day which we did talk about last week as well so again we're just coming back to that that if you split your 24 hours into your 7am to 7pm your 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. then that will really help you with timings of feed. So yes, if your baby's been up at five o'clock in the morning, you are still going to then start your day between seven and seven thirty.
0: I think often as parents, we focus particularly on nighttime sleep being as the goal, kind of aiming for, you know, sleeping through the 12 hours, but actually you need to look at that whole twenty-four hour period. You it's
1: super important that you get your feed schedule and timings right to allow baby to nap properly during the day because without proper consistent deep sleep naps during the day they're not going to get the sleep that they need overnight and so you're not going to get your nights back.
0: And to have good naps they need to be having good feeds.
1: Absolutely and feeds at the right times it's key that you get your feeds at the right times to allow for the good naps
0: i realize we're talking about the right times but not really being specific other than saying every two and a half to four hours depending on the age of your baby but we will look at different routines in another episode the fourth thing about sleep and feeding is wind honestly it's a gas So baby wind is one of the biggest reasons that babies either don't sleep or they wake up from sleep. Even the tiniest air bubble can expand and cause discomfort when a baby's laying down to sleep. Kind of makes sense, really. It might not happen every time, but because obviously they can't tell you when they have one brewing, it's always better to cover your bases and wind a baby thoroughly. Like lots of parenting things, I had no idea how important wind was when it came to babies and sleep. Sarah you used to say to me wind until your hand hurts after every single feed so talk to me about wind.
1: <laughs> so yeah wind is, wind is very infuriating and irritating. Winding is very very important um, so you are doing it throughout the feed and at the end of each feed and yes I do say to people wind until your hand hurts that doesn't mean that you're slapping your baby too hard or anything it's getting that balance though and for a lot of people um winding it can, it can be quite scary you know it does feel like you're going to hurt your baby when you're first wind
0: then the midwives so, are always much more aggressive with winding than I ever felt particularly comfortable yeah. in being so what are the main ways you can wind your baby
1: so the traditional up onto your shoulder, support your baby pat and rub their back and you do that until you feel some movement, feel some wind coming out. It's not always the most effective, though. The one that I prefer is to sit with your baby, quite hard to explain, but sit with your baby on your knee so they're sitting at a right angle. Make sure that their back is really nice and straight so you're supporting their head and face in your hand. And with the other hand, you're really, really straightening that back up. And then you're rubbing and patting up and down the back at the same time as turning baby in little circles or folding baby forwards and backwards and that really squishes the wind in the tummy and pushes it up and dislodges it nice and
0: quickly in a gentle way you're sort of doing like row 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 your boat with your baby I I always think of it kind of like
1: absolutely yeah definitely just supporting that baby a lot
0: the one that I find quite useful, which is also one that you taught me, and I like to call "Incy Wincy Spider," <laughs> which is where you kind of tickle up either side of their back to to find yeah. if there's any wind pockets.
1: Could you absolutely? That? So if you've got baby up on your shoulder, it's probably easiest doing that one up on your shoulder. So when baby's up on your shoulder, start right down where the nappy is, the top of the nappy, and just use. Two fingers on either side of baby's back and just almost tickle right up the side. So you're going sort sort of across the fingers, isn't it? Yeah. And so you're just sort of giving them a little squeeze. You want to put a little bit of pressure on. And when you feel baby flinch, you know that you've hit a wee air bubble. And if you just work on that area, you'll soon dislodge it.
0: I honestly could not believe how successful that one was with my son. That was the best way for for him to get his wind out, and for me to find it because it was always kind of seemed to be in a in a funny wee place on him again.
1: It can get really quite trapped in little places that you don't expect it to be. So a lot of people wouldn't, because obviously you naturally see people wind and by touching the baby's back. You wouldn't always check the sides, so that one is really good for just identifying other areas where it can be stuck.
0: And so when I say, or when you say, rather. Wind until your hand hurts. It's not because you're, you know, using force. It's just, it's actually because you need to do it for a longer period of time than you would expect.
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of people do it for a couple of seconds and say, oh, I haven't got a burp. It can take time for that burp to work its way up from the tummy to the mouth. And so you do need to keep going.
0: And you should be doing that every time you take a break from bottle or uh, breastfeed.
1: Yep. Definitely. So you're wind down really three or four times
0: at every feed. Yeah, which is way more than people would expect. And the whole basis of it is basically just in case. And a, a really surprising amount of parenting falls under that because, you know, they might not have any wind, but the last thing you want is to lay them down for that wind bubble to get trapped or to move up and for that to be the reason that wakes them up from sleep.
1: Yeah, it's really common for that sort of settled looking baby to then wake up with a short sharp cry 20 minutes after they've been put into their basket or bed and that is the one starting to get really painful.
2: So
0: we've spoken about baby getting full feeds and you can usually tell with how they sleep after a feed and how generally content they are but there are also other signs. So that's the fifth thing we want to chat about when it comes to milk and baby sleep weight gain and signs, a topic which can be a pretty anxious one, I think, for many parents. It certainly was for me.
1: It can be a worry, of course it can, but there are other things to look out for as well. So, you know, consistently wet nappies, healthy looking poos, healthy skin and the fontanelle being nice and round and... What's the fontanel? Beating. Remember that good old soft spot on the top of their head that you don't want to
0: bump? You don't want that to be dipped?
1: If the is very shallow, then you know that can be a sign of dehydration. Right. So you do want that to be nice and high. The, and how many
0: wet and dirty nappies are we talking <sighs> a day?
1: Honestly, in those first few weeks, you can be looking at 8 to 12 dirty nappies and more wet nappies. It's always a lot more than people think.
0: Okay, let's talk poo because... When you become a parent, you spend your life talking about poo. With a two and a four-year-old, all they want to talk about is poo and call me poo, mummy poo. (laughs) (laughs) What should you be looking out for in terms of colour and consistency? I really hope that no one who's listening is having their tea right now. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, the first few days you're looking for the meconium, which is really black and tar-like. That then transitions to a nice... um, Pesto nappy, green (laughs) pesto nappy. And then from there, you um, graduate up to your korma or mustard coloured nappy. With breastfed babies, it can generally be um, pretty watery, but it's got that really good korma colour. And that's what you're looking for. That's a nice, healthy poo. Your sort of fluorescent green poos are um, the ones that you need to be aware of. That can mean that baby is slightly dehydrated. But that's not to say that you won't get the odd green poo or green tinge to a corma poo.
0: And bottle-fed babies? So
1: bottle-fed babies are going to be slightly thicker in consistency, um, the colour will be similar. I like to refer back to a bit of a play doh plaster type nappy is what you're going to be getting with a formula-fed baby and they can change to a sort of darker brown as well.
0: So each week we're going to put a listener's question to our lovely Sarah. These will focus on the topic we're discussing and hopefully help them and help you. So this week we hear from Emma.
2: Hi, Kat and Sarah. Um, I was just wondering, I cannot get my baby to take a bottle. Um, I've tried probably every bottle under the sun. I've spent a fortune on really expensive bottles. I've bought really cheap bottles. because um, Some people say that actually the cheaper bottles are better. Um I've tried getting her to take a bottle from my husband. She won't do that. From my parents. Literally just won't take a bottle from anybody. Um, And she literally feeds constantly. All night. Um, She just snacks. She's a total snacker. Um, and it's just really exhausting. And also, obviously at some point, I need to go back to work. And I just don't know. I just can't imagine her ever taking a bottle. And I'm just wondering if you had... Any ideas or advice on um, if there's anything that I could try or what I could do? Thank you. I feel her pain and her tiredness. Oh, no.
1: Yeah, definitely. So she has done the right thing trying a few different bottles and she's absolutely right. The cheap ones are as good as the expensive ones. But you do also want consistency, which is one of our magic
0: words. What are the tips and tricks for helping baby to take a bottle from someone else
1: I mean these sorts of hints hints and tips apply to both mum and other people but I would say you know if possible start the process of offering the bottle with someone else so you know if if you're in a position where you're the only person that can do it then that's absolutely fine but stick someone else's jumper on so that the baby can't smell your milk as soon as you go near them Um, and if you are in a position where somebody else can offer the bottle then go for that option stay calm it's really really important to stay calm you know it can be so frustrating you can be getting upset you can be getting a little bit annoyed if you feel like you're getting to that point whether it's Dad, granny, auntie, uncle, next door neighbor, hand the baby back to somebody else to have a go. There's no point in persevering if you've got to the point where you're getting frustrated. And think outside the box. A lot of people assume that, you know, breastfed babies are going to take a bottle in the position that they feed in. So if you're feeding in cross cradle, that's naturally the position that people offer the bottle. And actually
0: natural image you think of a baby in your arms. Exactly.
1: That's a cross cradle
0: bottles don't always work as well in that way
1: no absolutely just might not work for baby you know you want to try different things so um, lie a pillow on your knees and face baby away from you so that their back's actually against your tummy and then you're coming into the baby's mouth at a right angle so you're putting your arm across the baby and coming into the baby's mouth that way um and be prepared to get on your feet and work your leg muscles I have done thousands of squats in my time of trying to get babies to take bottles
0: it's such a weird thing It's when I was trying to do to get my son to take a bottle I find that so funny that you kind of had to do a wee dance to to get a wee bit of milk on their tongue to to kind of get them into it so it's almost like you do the work for them to encourage them to start doing the work of the suck
1: Yep, absolutely. So you're triggering all the reflexes to get that suck going. And, um, you know, but by bouncing up and down, essentially when you're doing your sports, you're bouncing up and down, you're relaxing baby, and then they start to suck. And also you don't need to hold your baby. If you've got access to a bouncy chair or a car seat, you can use those or position them safely, sort of bolstered up with pillows. As long as, you, you know, you're staying with them, making it safe and offering the bottle, then that's fine.
0: That works for if you're starting out bottle feeding Mm -hmm. from the outset, but also if you are transitioning from breastfeeding to bottle feeding, I guess because it just makes it feel different for a baby as well.
1: Yep. Definitely. And the other thing is, especially if you're transitioning from the breast to the bottle, you know, make the milk warm. A baby who's been used to nice, cosy breast milk isn't going to take a room temperature or straight from the fridge bottle. It's not yeah. going to happen. So warm your breast milk up safely or prepare the formula at the correct temperature.
0: I think it's also worth saying it can be hard. It can be a process. It does doesn't just happen overnight. You kind of need to persevere with it over a period of time and don't be despondent if it doesn't work immediately
1: again you know that is coming back to the consistency once you've chosen your time that you are offering your bottle be consistent with that
0: thank you so much for getting in touch it was lovely to hear from you i hope that's helped and if you want to ask sarah a question send us a message on instagram at sleepmums or on our website thesleepmums.co.uk so that's five things about baby sleep and milk feeds. Feeding is something that can cause a lot of anxiety for parents. It certainly did for me. And in many ways, when I finally contacted Sarah when my daughter was five months old, the biggest issue with her sleep was that I was so worried about her gaining weight that I fed her every single time she made a peep. It's hard for us to cover how you might be feeling in 20 odd minutes and honestly we found it difficult to narrow the most important bits of information down to just five things however we hope it's helped to give you a better understanding of feeding and baby sleep some decent tips and support to know that you're not alone in this parenting gig thank you for listening please spread the word tell your friends your friends of friends and if you like our podcast which we really hope that you do Sarah and I have written a book together I mentioned that It's called The Sleep Mums, Read It and Sleep. And hopefully we'll be hitting the shelves really soon. And while I'm on the topic of plugging, it'd be lovely if you gave us a wee five-star review. It really makes a difference. We're on a mission to help all parents sleep better. And if you want to talk to us, find us online at The Sleep Mums or thesleepmums.co.uk. Catch you next week and sleep soon.